good morning. I have a few announcements. Today is, let's see, is today? <laughs> I'm looking for somebody because without that person, we're not having this day. I don't see, I don't. No. I'm looking for uh, Wayne. I see Wayne. I'm looking for uh, Katie. Is Katie in here? No. Okay. All right. Um, reminder that coming up this afternoon right after the service is a reception for Lauren and Don in the social hall. And it's a chance for y'all to get to know them and meet them. It's immediately after the service today. Coming up is uh, in, on Mother's Day, just this is a way, I know way ahead of time, but just a reminder, we always do a special offering for Epworth, and so you just put that on your calendars, that's coming up. Now we will have, we have two, at least two, is Leanna, or Leanna in here? No? Okay. Uh, I guess I can do her announcement. Uh, they, the, you know, a couple years ago, you know, Leanna, with the help of this church, raised enough money to build a church, build a church in Pakistan. Y'all, y'all remember that big effort? And they, the the minister who's been serving there is going to be in Aiken coming up. And if you y'all will contact Leanna or Wayne or Christy, they can give you the details if any of you like to go and hear about that church that is there because of us. Uh, Relay for Life, if you want to come on up and uh, have your announcement, and then Wayne, if you'll come up after her, and then we'll begin our worship together. My name is Marsha Lee. I have had cancer, and many of you have been touched by cancer yourselves or other people that you know. We have, they, we're having a Relay for Life on May the 15th. We're asking this year that people sign up to do the walking because we want somebody on the track at all times walking for a Relay. In the back of the church, we have a table set up with some of the things that we are trying to make money for Relay. However, you can write a check for any amount that you want to and put it in with Relay for Life on the check so we'll know that's for us. But we do have some cookbooks with many recipes. All the recipes are members of this church. If it doesn't work, you can call them and fuss at them. <laughs> we have luminaries for someone that you love, whether it's an honor of or memory of, a form for those are in our bulletin. We have feet indicating we're walking. These are just a dollar each. We have cupcakes because this means that those of us that are survivors are glad that we have one more year to be alive and are surviving. We also have a $5 coupon off at Belk. That means that you give us $5, and in turn, on May the 2nd, you go to any Belk, and they will give you $5 off of your purchase. So we make money, and it doesn't cost you really anything. 
One of the other things that we have are these precious t-shirts and the bottom of it says the tie, as you can see it has a bow tie on it. It says the tie that binds. And yes, we do have large, extra large children's sizes, so we have a variety. So we wanted you to be aware of these things. And if you would like to purchase any of these things, there'll be a table at the back after the service. Thank you. It certainly is an exciting time to be members here at Memorial with all the things that, that are happening, the programs that are beginning. And, you know, as you know, Joseph is retiring due to his and his parents' health this year. For that reason, we will have a new minister beginning in June of this year. While we will miss Joseph, we look forward with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm to our new minister. We're trading an old, beat-up, worn-out Joseph <laughs> for a new, young, 35-year-old Joseph. I couldn't resist that, Joseph. Uh, for the first time since George Strait came to Memorial, we will have a Parsonage family. Joe Kate will be our new minister. He and his wife, Katie, have two daughters, Addison, who is a fifth grader, and Caroline, who is a fourth grader. Joe is a native of Rock Hill, graduated from the Citadel, where he first realized that he was being called into the ministry. In his relatively short career, he has served a wide variety of churches, and in each case, the churches grew. He comes to us from Buckham Street United Methodist Church, where he served as associate minister with great distinction. While at Buckham Street, he has been in charge of several areas, including starting the second contemporary service. He is very comfortable in both traditional and contemporary. His reputation in the conference is that he is high energy, a go-getter, and an untiring worker. You will be getting more detailed information about in the weeks to come. We owe a great deal to, to George Hill, our district superintendent, who has worked very closely with us in meeting the needs of Memorial at this time. At this time, I would like for members of the SPRC who are here to please stand up. These are, are part of the folks who have, for over the past three years, hired a brand new staff, except for Katie. She's the only one that was here three years ago. And we're very excited you're having to drop in for, for Lauren and Don today, and we have been most fortunate in finding the, the people that are serving this church for us and our, our being able to worship in a, such a wonderful way. Thank you.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Give us, O Lord our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge to quicken the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. And Anne, Anne, that's Anne come forward and the, any children that are here? Pastor's been teaching us about what? Do you know what he's been talking about last Sunday? Ten That's all right. I can't remember either. The Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> uh, they're listening, I think. <laughs> he's just looking. Um, the Ten Commandments are often called the Law of God. And today I want to talk to you about the Ten Commandments in general, and then the third one, which Pastor Curtis will talk about in a little bit. First of all, tell me, what is a law? What is that? Sarah? Wait. All right. Very good. Uh, rules, um, boundaries, something to teach. Did you want to say something else about it? A rule for a city, yeah, or a country. Do you guys have rules in your school? Yeah, some of them. Do you have rules in your house? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of God and the Bible, the law is something that we would do and we would obey if we truly loved God. It's what God tells us to do if we're going to be in his presence. But are we able to obey the laws that God gave us? Not really. All of us fall short. At some point or another, we are unable to do this. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible tells us, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So this is 
kind of more than what we can live up to. So why is the pastor telling us about these Ten Commandments? Is yeah? Yeah, it, it's really the law is like it says in uh, Galatians again. The law is our schoolmaster. What does that mean, schoolmaster? Yeah, like the principal, like a teacher, a guide. It's a guide to bring us into Christ that we may be justified by faith. Because every one of us needs a savior. You cannot just obey the laws and go to heaven that way, right? You are justified by faith in by grace. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that was Jesus. Now I want to talk to you about the third commandment. I don't know if you remember the first commandment and the second commandment. It's a little too much to remember. The first commandment that Pastor Curtis talked about was, you shall have no other gods before me, just God. And the second one was, you shall not make idols. Do you remember what idols means? Yes? Statue or something, or like um, king. Very good. Something that you fashioned out of wood or something that you bow to. Yes, Sarah? Right, and he did talk about that. He said, nowadays we don't make little statues that we bow down to, but other things we worship, like video games or football or things like that. Very good. Uh, the third commandment that he's going to talk about today has to do with God's name. Do you all have a name? Yes? You have a name? What's your name? CJ. CJ, what's your name? Noah. Jessica, what's your name? Noah. Noah, Sarah, Sarah. Dylan, you all have a name, and your name is precious. How do you feel about your name? Do you like it? You're famous. All right, there's a show named after him. Well, you should feel good about your name. The name was picked by your parents when you were born, and it was the best name that they could think of for you. What names does God have? Yeah? The Holy Spirit? God? Savior? Jesus. Yeah? Je Jesus Christ? Christ? Lord? God has many names, and all those names refer to the one God whom we worship. And his name is very special, too, right? How would you feel if somebody wrote your name on a piece of paper? I forgot to bring my pen. I wrote Sarah, and then stomped on it. How would you feel about that? If somebody stomps on your name or makes fun of your name, doesn't that hurt you? Yeah? You had a bully once in your school, yeah? Okay. Well, it wouldn't feel very good. Did somebody ever tease you about your name? Yeah? Anybody? That is kind of nice. That's not too bad. But it is not a nice thing to do to use somebody's name and stomp on it or make fun of it. Have you ever heard someone using God's name in a bad way? You've heard it, yeah? Well, people do it, and it just come, kind of comes out of their mouth a lot of times. They might say something like, oh, God, I love M&Ms. Is that, is that a good way to use God's name? You all right? Um, or sometimes when they're angry, they use God's name too. 
and they'll say something uh, ugly and use God's name while they're saying that. Um, the third commandment says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Do you know what that means? Dylan? Don't say his name in a bad way and in not a worshipful way, just, just in randomly saying his name, okay? Um, using God's name without thinking about God or using his name to say something bad is misusing his name. And this is something that displeases God. It's sad when people misuse God's name and it's the same as being mean to God. And many people do that and sometimes even Christians, we forget and we misuse God's name. But, um, and you can't stop everyone from misusing his name. But if you're in your house, like if you have friends coming over to play, and if they misuse God's name, you might tell them, in my house, we don't misuse God's name. You know, and just leave it at that. Um, we'll finish with a prayer. Please repeat after me. Dear God, help us to honor your name always. In all of the words that we speak. Keep us from using your name in a careless way. Help us remember that your commandments are a guide to teach us and a reminder that we need a savior. Amen. Amen. scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 6, a prophet without honor. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is, with, is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads for prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you are holy and gracious. You have come to us and put joy in our hearts. And so we come before you this day and sing our songs of praise and thanksgiving. We're reminded that you've called us to have righteous uh, anger, but to avoid committing sin. We're reminded that Jesus came without sin to take away our sin, and yet we must confess that we persist in breaking your commands. When we choose to live outside your law, we also choose to break our communion with you. And so for this and other things that we've done that need to be forgiven, we pray and ask for forgiveness this day, both individually and collectively. We pray that you would once more pick us up, brush us off, and give us a dose of your Holy Spirit so that we might proclaim the one who forgives and is compassionate and merciful. We're reminded that Jesus, after he rose, calmed many who were frightened. And so now we pray that Jesus would calm those who are facing the fear of disease or brokenness, whether it be in mind, body, or spirit. We pray that in your mercy you would heal them. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd help us to accept your good and perfect will with this and all things. You are the God who hears us when we call. Hear us now. Make us to dwell in your safety. For we pray in your name and as you taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
may be seated. Back to basics number three and number four. Give attention to the reading from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all your many precepts, commandments, and teachings that you've given to us so that we may live a productive an enjoyable life. May you help us today understand. Amen. A few years ago, uh, you know, they started appearing around uh, the highways. You may have seen them as these billboards that were signed by God. Anybody remember seeing some of these billboards? They would say stuff like, uh, what part of thou shalt not didn't you understand? Sign God. Or, or keep using my name in vain and I'll make rush hour longer. I like that one. Uh, one one uh, church sign I saw said, uh, you say his name often enough on the highway, why not try saying it in church? That's a good one too. This is a pretty straightforward, I believe, command that the Lord has given to us. I think if uh, we will be honest with ourselves, we realize that our country, that, that in our, most of the time, you hear some of the foulest language wherever you go out in public. It's, uh, it's really a shame. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it, and this tender command really seems more relevant for our time than the ancient Israel, Israel time because they were so careful not to offend God in their day that they would only use the consonants, consonants not the vowels, when they would write Yahweh or even try to speak the word. So I believe that this uh, commandment is very straightforward to us. And as Christians, we need to set good examples with our own language. And I think it's okay for us to gently correct others. Um, and as you heard the way it was rendered there in that translation, uh, it, not to misuse the name, it has more than just the, the prohibition against swearing and cursing. Uh, it also means that if you use God's name, say, to take a vow, like a, like a church vow or a marriage covenant vow, and then you don't take it serious, you have misused the name of the Lord. And so I think the message is clear. Uh, we should not misuse the name of the Lord. You know, I found out in studying the commandments that the first four usually have to, uh, seem pretty much, have to do with our duty towards our Creator. And then the other ones are more about our duty towards our, our neighbors so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves, as Jesus taught. These commands are a gift to us, as all things that God gives us are gifts to us. They're not for God's benefit, they're for our benefit. And if we practice these tender commands, uh, it will lead to a, a decent life, I believe, for everyone, and the world would be a better place. 
I believe that this tender command carries with it a promise, and I've kind of rendered it this way. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord, and not in insincere pleasures, and certainly not as a casual curse word, but you shall enjoy God's majesty, God's power, God's character when you live by these tender commands. So I want to spend most of the day on the fourth one, number four. There is a, a story that I, I ran across that is quite humorous, but I think it reveals a lot of facts. Let me share it with you. It's a story about an alien visiting our planet. And he made observations in his report back to his superiors. And the alien's report covered a summer day in the United States, a day that the alien wrote that the earthlings call Sunday, Sunday. The alien noted that the earthlings call this day Sunday because of their worship of the sun in the sky. The alien observed vast arenas full of people conducting ceremonies to their God. In one arena, balls of various shapes and sizes were used by the priest in these arenas to represent the sun god. At certain times during these rituals to the sun god, they would stand and quickly sit down, creating a huge human wave. Y'all all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And to pay homage to their sun god. Other earthlings would pack themselves in big arenas and watch their priest hurl themselves around a circle in metal cubicles at high rates of speed. And this ritual, according to the uh, alien, would last for hours. And finally, uh, another uh, ritual that the alien observed was that sun worshipers would often uh, strip themselves almost naked and hurl themselves into waves of water at the edge of the land. And they would do this and do this until they were exhausted. And then they would prostrate themselves to the sun god for long periods of time on the water's edge. And when they did that, they would wear protective devices on their faces uh, during this ritual. Another ritual consisted of, uh, and I, I really like this one, another ritual consisted of people pushing a little white ball around vast fields in complete silence until the mouth of the ground would open up and then they would shout and jump for joy to the sun god. They would repeat this ritual over and over until they were completely exhausted and they had to be driven off the field. It was so exhausting. Finally, the alien observed that there was some dissenters to this sun worship religion. Now, they were much fewer in number, he reported, and they would gather inside of buildings with tinted windows and closed doors that kept them from being tempted by the gaze of the sun god. It was not clear to the alien whether they did this for pleasure or if these places were for punishment, since the faces of those inside were very somber and reserved, unlike the ones worshiping the sun on the outside, who seemed to pursue their devotion with joy. And so ended the report of the alien about the earthlings in their worship of the sun 
Now I know we can readily identify most of those examples, and they are humorous, but there is a lot of fact in that, isn't there? A lot of fact. Originally, the keeping of the Sabbath was a Saturday. It was a rigid Jewish practice of law. And later with the resurrection of Jesus, Sunday became the day that Christians set apart for worship because that's the day that the empty tomb was discovered. In America, 11 o'clock became the sacred hour, mostly to accommodate a rural farming society. Think about it. Morning chores, travel time by horse and wagon, the Sunday service was the highlight of the day, often followed by a picnic lunch on church grounds, then some, a period of rest, and then another period of Bible study, another round of music and worship, a picnic supper, and finally vespers, as they find, and then they set for home in their horse and buggies. For those people who call for a return to the good old days, that's what it would be. Sunday was automatically special or holy. Sunday was holy in those days because there really wasn't much else you could do. Plus, people who work all week, six solid days on a farm, they needed that break. As our country changed with cars and factories, the rural characterization of this nation changed to a more urban one. And so what people could do also changed. And we all know that at first there were attempts with blue laws and such that tried to keep things as they always were. But if there's one thing I have learned is that change is always constant. Change is constant. I believe today that most religious people agree that the main thing is that there's a time set apart for worship. That is really all that matters. It doesn't matter whether it's 11 o'clock or 9 o'clock or Saturday night or Thursday night or Wednesday night. It's having a time set apart for worship. And indeed, in our larger growing congregations around our conference, they offer many flexible worship opportunities. I believe that what we've all come to realize is that no day is made special by making it restrictive or unpleasant or boring. People cannot be made to enjoy God by forbidding them to enjoy anything else. Sometimes I think we forget what Jesus said to the Pharisees of his time who had subverted the Sabbath to a legalistic punch card. When he came to Sabbath-keeping, Jesus put it all in perspective when he told those religious of his day that the Sabbath was made for humankind and humankind for the Sabbath. In other words, this tender command is about making sure that each one gets time to take a break, that each one makes some time during that break day to thank God for his mercy and his blessing. You know, when I followed my call into ministry, I come to find out that Friday was the Sabbath day for ministers. And it seems to be most ministers take off on Friday. Friday's the day that they use as Sabbath keeping. We have to have a time for a break from our duties. We have to have time to set apart 
to commune with God, to thank God for His mercy and His blessing. And that's what keeping the Sabbath is all about. And I believe that all those sun worshipers will come to observe a holy time when they sense their need for a loving and caring and gracious God. And they will come to sense that when they see God's people who come together witnessing and sharing the joy that they have from the knowledge of God that they have received through worship. It's important, it seems to me like, in these tender commands, to look at them and to think about them in ways that they fit for us today. Keeping a Sabbath is what the Lord wants us to do. Keeping time, that's holy time, to be set apart for refreshing our spirits and our bodies and to, and to spend some time in communion with the Lord this is important to thank God for our many blessings. This is a wonderful gift that the God has provided because what it does is it gives us permission. Think about it. It gives us permission. It gives us permission. It's a wonderful gift. Don't misuse the Lord's name when you take Sabbath time and time off, okay? Remember, His name is very precious. Now, next week, we're going to do two more, but they're not in order after this point. So, just want you to know that. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our closing
don't forget the reception for, for Don and Lauren in the social hall immediately after this service. Receive now the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God now and forever. Amen.